All right, so we here, baby. We live. We live with another episode of Real Talk, a concept with Concept Health Systems. Hey, we back. We back. So um, we got a couple of topics we're going to cover today. Um, one is, all right, so here's the scenario. Invasive parents. Here's the scenario. A mother has a teen age child. Cleans their room, does their laundry, um, pays for their cell phone bill, and all of that kind of stuff, right? It, what is the line that's drawn with privacy? Does that parent have the right to check that phone that they're paying for, go in that room at any time that's in their house? Where do you draw the lines at privacy? Does a teen even need Privacy. What say you? Y'all quiet. Anybody got any uh, uh buttons to jump ahead? <laughs> so everybody's everybody's got privacy in their house. Okay. Go ahead. So with privacy, I would say um each person chooses to have a certain amount of privacy. So maybe you're a really open person. So you feel like, oh I have nothing to hide, this is just who I am. Or maybe you don't want everybody to know your business. So really, there's a line, and it goes to personality. But it's not everybody. It is your parent. Okay. Well, I mean, your parent, especially in this scenario where your parent is paying for everything, doing everything for you, in my opinion, um, checking through your phone, sure. Um, going into your room just, like, randomly, I would feel kind of, <laughs> like, I would feel some type of way. I would be... Um, Kind of like they were suspecting me of doing something, even if I wasn't. Okay, nice. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so my parents, they don't knock. So, you know, I think coming into your room randomly is a little inconvenient, but it's I, th I don't have a problem with it because I don't do anything weird or illegal or anything. I have nothing to hide. Like, the most you're going to catch me doing is my homework at, like, 3 in the morning. That's it. That's all you're going to catch me doing. Or reading a book, God forbid. Whoa. Oh no, she's too young to read Hamlet. Like, okay. Thank you. Uh, going through my phone, there are conversations that I have with friends that I would not like my parents to know about. For example, I open up more about my mental health. That's none of their business. It's only my therapist's business. And if I want to rant to someone, that person. I don't really feel comfortable expressing that with my parents. Okay, so your room is fine. Your phone is off limits. Uh, not completely off limits, you know. You know, internet history or whatever, all you're going to find is AP stuff. That's it. That's really it. But um, no to your text feeds. Yes, no to my text No messages. to your text feeds. Oh, all right, yeah. so what you got? I just kind of oh, I'm sorry. You were, you oh, were... no, no. Kind of bouncing off of what she said, I think, uh, for me at least, privacy equals how much, like how my parents act. Like, if you have very judgmental parents, who have a very strict image of what they imagine you to be, and you don't fit that image, and you keep like the fact that you don't fit that image private, then obviously I want my privacy because I don't want them realizing I'm not the way I am, the way I portray myself in front of them, because then they're gonna have a problem with that. But if your parents are accepting, then I don't see a reason why you should hold that like from them. So that's the way I view it. it Do you mind sharing? Like, what's the difference between what you show in front of your parents? 
to some things they may not like? I mean, my parents are just like, because like I'm Haitian and they're like old school Haitian, they have a very strict image of what they want me to be. And I know that I completely stray away from that. So I'd rather keep myself reserved and at least try to fit the mold in front of them. And, and what then, is that? Uh, like basically, how would I describe that? Like somebody... I mean that's the beginning. Like they like you're supposed to be hardcore Christian. You're not supposed to have any hair on your head. You're not supposed to listen to any music aside from Christian music. Um and then you're just supposed to like a bunch of lists of things not to do and stuff. And if you don't do those things, they can blow the tiniest thing out of proportion. Like uh I remember me and my friend were just having a casual talk cuz he was getting his hair cut and he was talking about, "Oh, do you think I should get the eyebrow slit?" And I was like, "Roll with it. You're going to look cool with it." And my mom overheard it, and she was like, if you get an eyebrow cut, you become gay. And I was like, what? Because okay. oh. <laughs> like, they, have, they have a bunch of, like, weird, like, my parents, especially my dad, he was completely opposed to the idea of me getting therapy. Because verbatim what he said, he was like, depression is a demon, and you need to pray it away. And I was just like, okay then. So, okay, so you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned strict religious practice. Yes. And you also mentioned uh, your your uh, ethnic background. So yeah. so there's also some cultural. Yeah, um, a lot of culture behind it, especially since like they try to keep me strictly in my culture. So all they ever see are kids who adhere to the culture. So they're always comparing me to them and being like, "Why don't you follow the culture the way the rest of them do?" And I'm like, "That's just not me." And then they like blow it up and stuff. Okay. And there's also like an echo chamber effect where the only people they ever go to to talk to their kids about are people who are just like them. So of course they're gonna agree with what you're saying, like that type of stuff. So I tend to really like my privacy, and my I'm always arguing with my parents about that. Cause recently my dad took off like one of the parts of my door, so I can't lock lock it anymore. And I was like, bro, what the like what the hell? So now I just leave the house. Like in general, to go on my quote-unquote walks, and he gets mad at that too. And so, so, and how old are you? I'm 18. 18. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you all, you are, you baby grown. Like Basically. you, you, are, you, yeah. you know, you're an adult teen yeah. right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Is there, and this is for the group, is there an age where you where you need more privacy? Like, Definitely. is there a transition? What's that age? I might. I feel like it's as soon as you hit puberty. There's going to be, like, sure, you're 12. Okay. You, you There's not a whole lot you have to hide. But as you get older, like, that 16, 17, 18, that's like, um, I'm, my, I'm becoming my own person completely. And totally. But puberty starts at around 12, though. Yeah, that's what I was 12, saying. So 12, if you're 12, 13. you don't could, have And could be younger. Things. Yeah, it's, you don't have a whole lot of things to hide. But I feel like the more it progresses and the... Just, yeah, age plays a huge part in that. Okay, go ahead. And I also think that, uh, bouncing off of her, uh, I think the level of, of mental and emotional maturity is a huge part on how much privacy the child desires. Uh, for example, if a child is more mentally mature, they're like, well, I don't really have anything to hide, so why, why bother? But, you know, I, and, and that's not to say that immature people want more privacy. No, 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 not at the slightest. Uh, it, it depends on what the person has experienced, as well as the things they have grown up around, including ethnicity, culture, mm -hmm. that kind of ties mm -hmm. together, religion, mm -hmm. uh, again, so, uh, um, socioeconomic status, yes, yeah. demographic location, yeah. 
like, you know, if there's something happening in the neighborhood, obviously you want your children to be safe. So there's really a lot of factors that could contribute, but I think a really big one would be uh, the experiences of that child. For example, if that child experienced trauma, they, and when they talk about it, they want like specific levels of privacy. You know, some things are okay with, some things are not. It, it, yeah, yeah, you're it's right. Okay. You're right, and you forget, you you forget, y'all. Some sometimes your parents are biased, you know, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. they're thinking about how they were at your age and how things were, and uh, and so like, okay, for example, y'all, my baby is young. My baby just turned one years old. You know what I mean? Like, I have a long time before I'm gonna be like, hey, dating and boys and curfew and like I have a long time right uh, but the way I plan to raise my daughter is also shaped around how I grew up right so I was dating this girl in high school uh, I think we were about 15 16 right she told I lived near a library so she told her father every day after school she was going to the library which is not a lie, because after she left my house, I walked into the library. So now, my daughter goes, when she's 16, hey, Dad, can I go to the library? I don't even know it's going to be libraries uh, 15 years from now. But, Dad, can I go to the library? I would be like, no. <laughs> and if I say, yeah, I'm going with you. <laughs> Only because of my whole library story. <laughs> back in high school. You know what I mean? So sometimes our, our views are skewed based on what we went through, our own experiences. You know what I mean? So I I, I would be kind of like trying to like take away her privacy in that regard. You know what I mean? What, what are you going to say, Lily? Oh, I'm oh, you, oh. I'm also like, parents, we get it. You have to walk barefoot 5,000 miles. But we have and you see, you press on the gas and you go. And then we can get there and that's crazy, right? So me, and also they attribute that to being lazy because our technology is more advanced. Like that's not, that's not lazy. That's taking advantage of resources. I can dig it. I can dig it. Like my parents and my grandparents are always like, you know, back in my day. Like that's, that's the line that always gets to me. Back in my day. But like, not your day. That's not the day that's right now. You know, what are they saying about, like, oh, the past doesn't matter. Focus on your future and the now. But they still focus on how their past was. Okay, so I'm old enough to know, to say stuff like, back in my day, right? I could say that. I could say 25 years ago. I could say stuff like that, right? Believe it or not, times have not changed very much. Y'all think it's only magnified because of the media now. And everybody has a phone in their hand. You know what I mean? They can record stuff. It's ha- All this stuff that's happening today has happened. It's all, it's already happened. History repeats. It, yeah. So when I hear about like all this stuff, when um, you know kids having sex or whatever, I'm like, yeah, man, that was, uh, that was happening in school. You didn't remember that? That hallway, that that particular oh hallway, oh, with, oh, the oh, light, with the light, with the light that didn't work, like that stairwell, 
that, yeah, that said, "Don't not enter." It's it's that was the one. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? So. Backstory, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. You so, don't. so, so I can see why a parent is like, "I'm trying to protect you. I am trying. I'm only trying to protect you." You know what I mean? Uh, so, are we done on that topic, y'all? You any more chime in on that? You? I just, I just want to say, like, I think we associate privacy with hiding things that are mm-hmm. negative. Is there a healthy form of privacy? Uh, I think so. Because, you know, if I, for example, if I say to my mom, hey, I'm, you know, doing something for a class that's very, that hits very close to home, and I would, you know, it would, I I would feel very supported if you don't ask too many questions. You can ask questions, just not crazy, in-deep questions. Thank you. You know, something like that? I I want to just say, um, some parents may... Not respect all privacy may be because of something the child has done themselves that broke the trust between the parents. So, would you guys consider that still invasive parents or parents that you broke your trust? And are you really taking accountability of something that you've probably done to break that trust to understand what where they're coming from? Oh, I'm just gonna say something real quick. I feel like that's a middle ground, honestly. Like, yeah. if you broke the trust, then you don't really have any right being like, oh, you're invading me and stuff because yeah. you went behind their back. But then, like, if you didn't do anything to do that, then they shouldn't really be doing that. And then there's also, like, for me, like, the cultural thing, like, there are certain things that, obviously, like, the whole eyebrow-cutting thing. Like, there are certain things that is normal, but because of my culture, they paint it as, like, evil. Bruh, so, I'm not from your culture. And they called me gay when I did it twenty years ago. <laughs> it's still a thing. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm though. just saying. Yeah, because like, there's certain things that are normal, but if you do them because of like yeah. I don't know your parents or what they believe in, they're gonna paint it as evil and react as if you're doing something that's like crazy, and you're all like, bro, it's not even like that and stuff. So for me, that's even more of like one of the reasons why I tend to be kind of distant. My mom tries to understand. My dad, he's just no. That boy just. Me and him have a great divide. He just screams at me constantly, and I just sit there. As a parent, I, w- I want, I would love for my child to be able to tell me everything. Everything. And if they feel like they can't tell me something, I'm going to feel like, why? Well, because you're walking into the library. That's why. Because things happen on the way to the library. <laughs> She gonna know. I'm gonna tell her the story okay. of when I walked to the library. Blah 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 blah. Right? <laughs> um, and hopefully she's smart enough to not try that at the library. At the, yeah. She'll <laughs> <laughs> just location. pick a different location. Yeah. That's yeah. Going to hopefully. Good start. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so a couple of more hands. Last on this topic. You. You was it? Uh, no. Yeah. The last thing that I was uh, jumping back off on what Omar said was. Associate uh, privacy with something hiding something negative, mm-hmm. right? And he asked, "Are there things that are positive that we tend to hide?" 
going back with what you said, I think it's something parents should be like respectful of, all right, this is your, I'm not going to go through your phone, obviously, if I don't have a reason to. Uh, if I just found out that you're selling drugs at school, all right, give me your phone and see what's going on. But if you've never really done anything, you don't really need that. Uh, but coming back to hiding something that doesn't necessarily have to be bad, it brings me back to like, I hide all of my drawings from my mom. And none of my drawings have anything bad most of the time. It's just, it's regular things that I don't want her to see just because I, I don't like, I don't like hearing her thing like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. Or I, don't, I just don't like people seeing my drawings, period. So yeah. what she's done before is that she got really like pissed that I was hiding it from her, that she ended up getting my sketchbook and going through it. And I was like, to me, that was my biggest disrespect because I was like, why would you do that? Like, I'm not hiding anything bad from you. It's my drawings that I find like this is my one thing. It's like this is personal to me. This is this is the boundary we didn't cross. I could talk to you about some stuff, but my drawings. It's like this is, this is we we agreed to this. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on that in the room? Uh, and you you know the, we don't we don't have to keep hearing from the same people. The same. But go ahead and jump in though. Go ahead. Uh, and I I do feel that way with my poetry and my yeah. my my writings. I specifically tell my mom. She's like, but it's so cute. No. That will break every level of trust that I have left with you. Yeah. Keyword that I have left. And don't say, no. And you know, I say it like, like not like that, but like, oh yeah, this is very personal to me, and this will break every level of trust I have with you. Please don't touch it. Thank you. I appreciate the effort. Have a nice day. It's a very straight. I still, I'm still on the fence with it. I still, and as a parent, I'll be like, oh, but why? Yeah, because it's going to create a level of curiosity. you like, why can't I see what you hide from me? Even yeah. if you, in your mind, it's not nothing bad, but if you're just telling your mom, like, oh, I don't want you reading this, I don't want you looking at my drawings, naturally somebody will be like, well, I wonder why. So that might be why some child I'm going to pick in your room, like, okay, you quiet, let me see what you're doing in there. But privacy is a two-way thing. Like, if y'all, like, mom, I don't want you reading this stuff, or I don't want you looking at my pictures, or, you know, like, you don't want to share things with your mom, you're doing a project about your family, but you don't want your mom to look at the project. You know what I'm saying? So... It's gonna naturally make somebody like curious about what's going on. Why does she not want to share this with me? So, if she's not gonna share it with me, I'm gonna find out. She's a parent, or he's a, at the end of the day, so they're, they're gonna know what's going on with their child. So, sometimes y'all look at privacy like I should be able to tell you don't ever come to my room, and y'all should never come to my room. That's no That's ridiculous. That's, That's ridiculous. You're gonna start wondering why you want me to come in your room. What are you doing in there? Why? You know what I'm saying? So. Privacy is a, is, is a two-way thing. Same thing with you, with you know, with your parents. Like, you got to understand, that's their culture. That's how they was raised. That's, like, to them, it's normal. You're raised different. You're raised, assuming you're raised here, like your parents come from yeah. Haiti. So, it's two different cultures. So, it's just a conversation, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't look at it like, oh, they're wrong for feeling the way they feel. That's how they was raised. That's how, you know what I'm saying? They shouldn't pressure you to do those type of things and, you know, things like that. But also, you have to be open like, mom. Yeah, like, I ain't, I don't come from that. Like, where, I'm, where I come from, where I was born, in this country, this is normal. This is what we do. This is, I like rap music. I like this type of music. I want to grow my hair. We don't walk around with fades all day long. Like, you know what I'm saying? We want to do different things with our hair. It might be hard. I don't know, you know, how you would really share with your parents. Well, I know your daddy said it's, it's uh, distant, but it comes from both sides of the fence. Y'all both have to, you know what I'm saying? You have to be okay with telling your parents these things. Even if you find you're going to get yelled at, you're going to get yelled at anyway, you said so. At least get yelled at for telling how you're saying how you feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
like when it comes to the whole personal thing, I get both perspectives because I understand being from because I've spoken to uh, like I don't want to say American parents, but for lack of a better word, like American parents, like because they've tried to talk to my Haitian parents and like uh, bridge the gap and stuff. So I've talked to them and I understand that parents like at the end of the day, they want to keep their children safe. So if their child consistently hides something, they're going to get a big concern. That I also understand the whole point of like trying to keep something personal. Because like, for me, it's like that with any form of expression. Because I tend to do different things. But when you do something and you pour all your emotion into it, you tend to want to keep it private. Because you don't really want to allow judgment into it or other people's opinion. Because it's for you and only for you. Especially like when that thing, like you did it when you were like in an emotionally hard place. Like if you made something while you were crying or whatever, and that captured it in the moment, you're not going to want anybody to see that. Because that's your thing to go to when you that feeling comes back. At least that's how it is for me. So I have a bunch of stuff, like just a whole cabinet filled with a bunch of books and notebooks that I pretty much never go into. But when I'm too, like, too much on my mind, I tend to go there. And I hate it when anybody touches it. Like, I've gotten into arguments with pretty much everybody in the family over that and stuff. So I get, like, both perspectives. And that's understandable, but again... um back to what Adam said, like once you seem like you're hiding something, it just seems so suspicious that as a parent, unfortunately, we are going to assume the worst. Like we are going to assume like, oh, I think it's something bad. Unless you're like this perfect child that's never made him question anything. That's why I was talking about accountability. Because if you've been in some type of trouble, if they caught you lying before, it, I mean, you know, trust is built and it could be damaging within like a split second. So as a parent, you have to understand that it is a relationship that you have to have with them. Even if you're like, like in a modern situation, like there's a separation because of culture reasons. But um, if you're ever down, if you're ever feeling depressed, you need to understand that they are the ones that are going to be there to try to find help for you, even if they don't agree all the time. But they are the first responders pretty much for you guys. So hiding certain things that may be important to them. They might think it's important. Maybe your drawings are, you know, screaming out something important that maybe you don't want her judgment. I'm like, why don't you do this shading? Say that. Say, hey, mom, if I'm going to show you this, you know, just is to show. It's not so much to hear your intake on it. But if you if you want me to share this part of my life with you, let's just keep it very vague. If, if there is something that is a question to you, I will explain to you later. But if you want to see them now just you know just keep it to you know keep your comments to yourself this was a moment a weak mm -hmm. moment or this was a, a bad moment that I was going through so I don't want to rehash it at the moment like as if you're but you do have to understand that parents are your first responders and they should know certain stuff that you might think it's private but it shouldn't probably be because if they do seem that you need help or you need to talk about something, it's good to share it with them as well. I like that. I like that. And that's a perfect segue into this next uh, topic. Depression. Because that could totally lead to depression if my trust in my privacy is all broken and you know what I mean? Like, that could lead to a lot of stuff, right? So, the question is, how do you know if you're depressed? Um, so yeah, um, and this this go around on this topic. I'm 
gonna need to hear from people who ain't been saying nothing because uh, you're at this table and your input is valuable, right? So what is depression? So let's set up a scenario, right? Uh, this comes from my life. All right, here we go. I am 16. I have not gone to school in about a week, about a week or so. Um, I had just ended a relationship. I was not bathing um, or even eating properly. I actually remember eating fruit cocktail out the can. Like I cut myself too because the lid was still on the can. Like so, I just thought I was sad. I was thinking I was I'm sad. This girl broke my heart. You know what I mean. Um, but thinking, know what I know now, those were symptoms of depression. Um, so what is depression? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Have you ever experienced this? I know I've Go. already talked before, so I'm going to just try to put that really mm -hmm. fast out mm -hmm. there. But one of the reasons that topic was kind of interesting to me is because I feel like uh, knowing if you have depression, at least for me, that's kind of like a difficult question because I feel like if you've had depression, because like, okay, if you were normal, well, normal is relative, but uh -huh. still, if you were like somewhat of a normal person, and then one day something just happens and you just, pff, then you can kind of be like, okay, that's the switching point. But if you've kind of had that mentality for so long, because once you're stuck in that mentality for a while, especially if you don't open up to anybody about it and you just consistently live year by year like that, and it progressively gets worse, at some point you're just going to think that's normal. At least that's how I know it was for me. Like for the longest, that feeling of just locking myself in my room, staring at the wall until I cry, I was like, that's normal and stuff. Until like people around me were like, that's not normal. And I was like, it's not. And so I don't really, yeah. Yeah, so I, so I see what you're saying. So your norm is your norm until outside of that you're exposed. Yeah. So someone brings awareness to you and say, hey, You've been behaving like this, this, and this, or these are some some behaviors of this, and I think you could be suffering from that. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like just looking at people and seeing how happy they get, and kind of being confused, like why are they so happy over this, or why do they interact? Why does this person treat them like that, and they react like this, and stuff like that? Okay. Uh, Piggybacking what he's saying, like I think that I can relate to. Oh, I think. I can relate to something like that because like recently I went to like the doctor right and she told me like do you know how when you go to the doctor they give you this form to like see if you have like depression or something mm -hmm. they gave me the form and I answered it honestly and I thought it was like pretty normal and so like she came back to me and she was like can we talk privately and she told me I have major depression and I didn't know that which like shocked me because I was like what I didn't know that because I don't feel that so it's like, it came as a shock to me that I have depression. Because, mm -hmm. like, I don't think, because she told me, okay, sleeping a lot is a form of depression. And distracting yourself from it, from seeing your sadness is, like, a form of depression. But I didn't see myself as that because I kept myself away from that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I kept myself away from sad thoughts. But in reality, you shouldn't do something like that because it just builds up. So that's how I didn't, I didn't realize I had depression until someone else told me about it. Okay, so it's, oh, I'm sorry. So it's important that you seek professional help. Yeah. 
sometimes it can be hard for us, uh, general public people, to know what these uh, symptoms are, uh, especially when you're living through it yourself. You know what I mean? So seeking that professional help pointed out to you that uh, irregular sleep patterns were a, tr were a sign. Definitely Either a sign. sleeping too much. Sleeping too sleeping much, sleeping too, too little. little. Or both. Because you can switch. One day you can be up yeah. all night. The next day you're down and it's uh -huh. just like... Uh-huh. And then one minute you're not eating. The next minute you're just eating everything. Irregular oh eating God, habits. Just, oh my God. Yes. Because I've been on both sides. This stuff's crazy. You're unstable as hell. And unstable mood. Right? Yeah. Totally. So these are some things that stick out. That you have to look and, and look for these signs. Um, when you're going through it, you might not notice it. And there's people today that still are going through it that don't notice it, you know. Uh, so I'm glad you were able to identify that mm -hmm. and get some professional help. Did you set up like, I oh, mean. She told me she'll put me into therapy if I want to, and I do want to. All right, so, no doubt, no yeah, doubt. Good. And then, yeah. I just had a question. Question. If you don't notice it, then why does it matter? Oh, that's a real good question. Ooh, that's a so, good question. If you do not notice these signs, then why does it matter and what could be consequences? Uh, I heard it could get um, worse. Explain. I'm going to uh, explain it using machines. Like if, you're, you, like, if you hear like a, your car is like making an odd noise, you might just pass it off. But like it's better to like check and see. like, And maybe it's like something like a gear or like an end bit. Like, it's slightly out of whack, so you need to replace it. But if you don't replace it, slowly over time, like it starts wearing down uh, everything else, and then slowly the amount of money that needs to be um, paid to like to replace it, so and it slowly builds up into a point where it can easily harm you if you're not careful. That's a really good analogy. That's a really good analogy. That's dope. Dope analogy. That was really good. That is preventive maintenance. Preventive care is important. If I, I, I can, an oil change costs about 30 bucks. I only need about a handful of those, maybe about three of those a year or something like that. That's about $100 worth of preventive care to my car. If I don't do that, it's going to cost me about $1,500 to fix. And you, Jerry, you want to know how I know that? <laughs> because 18-year-old John... Went a whole year with no oil changes. Oh my God. And had to pay $1,500 to fix it. I would have been so. that's why it matters. So that's a perfect analogy. You know what I mean? Your preventive care matters right now, or else it's going to get worse. It's going to affect more parts of your life. And then when we talk, then we start talking about like suicidal thoughts and all of that. Go ahead. Go ahead over here. I think also. With with um with teens, it's the the fear of overreacting or feeling like you're overreacting, feeling like other people are overreacting, feeling like oh she's not really depressed, she's just acting like it to get attention. That oh, is like yeah. like because then you're trying to figure out am I actually depressed or am I or am I blowing this out of proportion or <laughs> is she actually depressed? Should I pay attention to her? Oh no, she's just doing that to make this this boy or girl like her like it really that varies and it, it takes a toll on you doing a self-check because there's so many other things that are adding to it that make it the factors change make how you think change your thought process your thought patterns and all of that
There was. Oh, you want to? No, it was her. Can you raise your hand? Uh, yeah, one second. You. All right, we'll keep it going. Go. I like how y'all love. Well, okay, but uh, piggybacking off of what she said, that's a really good point. Cause like, when okay, when you start like when people start telling you that you're depressed or you start like recognizing it for yourself, you have all these doubts, especially when the people around you all like oh you're not really depressed or this is just a phase or you have nothing to be depressed about which is my favorite line because then you can be like well i have this and this and they're all like well you got both parents yeah and it's all like but when i was growing up i had to go through or there are people who have it way worse than you and they're not depressed and it's just like because it leads like to all this weird stuff in your head especially when it makes you feel worse for being depressed which is like the worst feeling like being depressed, not being able to like necessarily get out of it, and then just feeling worse that you're depressed. Yeah, just feeling not worse. Necessary to get out of it. You gotta know how to get out of that depression. Yeah. That, that's and that's why I wanted to say like with Jerry, because be even with like you know your analogy was good, but with, with the machine you you get a like you said the check engine light come on. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's a much, it's an indicator that something's wrong. Yeah, like mm-hmm. when Jer- Jerry's example, to a human mind is like there's no indicator sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. sometimes it's simpler yeah. to like um, explain it through machines. And yeah, no, I'm saying I get it. It was a good analogy, mm-hmm. but and re- like to Jerry's thing it was like when you don't know, like sometimes there's no indicators. Sometimes, like when I was y'all age, we didn't have discussion about mental health. So if I was going through something, it's just like damn, I'm having a bad day, mm-hmm. or something happened, and I- I'm sad. All right, tomorrow is another day. Like, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have these conversations where it's like, okay, well, who can I go talk to? Can I co- talk to the goddess constantly? Can I do this? Like, so sometimes if you don't know something is wrong, wh- what do you do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he said. I think it goes do? back to what he was saying. It, it becomes your norm. So you normally, you live your life like this. Um, and you could go your whole life. You go into your 30s, your 40s like this. And, you, and then you start questioning. Why are my relationships this way? Or why is my life this way? And then somewhere, somebody's going to have to identify, yo, that's not healthy. The way you've been living or whatever, how you've been feeling. Let me provide additional help or whatnot. And it gets even worse because remember, like, depression leads to a bunch of bad habits. Like, like, oh, like, uh, I mean, it could be mild, but it could be severe. It depends on how you form. Like, for example... Uh, like, at least me, if I were to be honest, I know, like, one of my mechanisms is attachment. I get attached to people very, very, very fast, and it's very, very, very difficult for me to let go, and that can lead me to just being a complete retard. And then I know people who are complete uh, opposite, where because of their depression, they're completely secluded from people, and obviously that's an issue, because if you get in a relationship where your, like, habit is just completely to be distant, that can destroy relationships. And I've seen... Like, I've had friends who go from relationship to relationship and they don't know why until, like, they were like, oh, crap, like, I'm depressed and stuff. And obviously, it can, like, lead to worse things like self-harming or suicidalness. Like, well, suicide, especially, like, that's why you have those stories of, like, people where they were like, he was just a normal guy. And then all of a sudden, one day, he just killed himself. Like, no, like, he was building stuff up, but he either didn't recognize it himself or nobody around him was able to point it out to him or something like that. And it's... It's just a very fuzzy mental space because some people can be like, that's how you naturally are, but it's not. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, okay. So, when I started having physical symptoms as a result of 
what may be anxiety, that's when my mom cared. She didn't care later on. I had to tell her I'm physically suffering. And I'm yet to receive a diagnosis of anything because I haven't seen a psychologist. I saw a behavioral analyst. I saw a pediatrician who is not a specialist, therefore cannot diagnose me, nor prescribe. I don't think I want medicine either. Um, But I did get prescribed uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, and I really hope that I can get some form of diagnosis or proof that I am or am not mentally ill, because I could have anxiety, I could have depression, I could have a whole bunch of other fun things. Mm -hmm. Fun with the biggest quotation marks you've ever heard. (laughs) Because it feels like a pin in your chest that is piercing one of your vital organs and you are about to explode. That is what it feels like. So, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Physical... Physical, physical feelings or symptoms of mental health, it, it makes it more real, yes. um, although it existed already. It existed before you felt it physically. Yep. And, and that's the problem. That's the challenge that we have in, in the work that we're doing is when you have physical ailments, like if one of, if you, one of you started limping out of nowhere, your parent would be like, why are you, what's wrong? Why that's you, when they want to take it seriously. Why are you limping? What's going on? You hurt your foot? Your back? Your leg? What happened? What's going on? But what about the symptoms of my mental health? They don't take it serious until they can feel it, see it, touch it, that whole thing. And what's interesting is in some cultures, depression rates are just as prevalent as here in the U.S. The difference is the symptoms actually change. Like, they're more physical-based. You'll hear about, like, old people with, like, back aches and that just don't seem to go away. And it turns out there's a reason for it. There's the underlying diagnosis of depression. Do y'all think... Oh, oh, sorry. Do y'all think that um, depression, like, is something that you, you by yourself can get yourself out of? So I heard one yeah. yeah. I see some no's. I feel like that's, that's no. very mixed. So why you say why you say depression me exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why do you say because yeah? Minor because um there's a spectrum in depression. There's different types, there's different different parts that it's gonna affect in your life. Like if it's affecting my social life, um obviously I wouldn't be able to do that alone most probably. But if let's say it's affecting it's me and I'm insecure of my body and it's causing this form of depression on the way that I view myself. That's something um, I could work on myself because it's how I'm perceiving myself. It's Or there's things that you can't control, like the death of someone, that I feel like, again, it's your coping. It, I mean, it takes your initiative and depending on the level of severity and what level of your what aspect of your life it's affecting it's going to um, determine whether or not you need help with other people but nonetheless it can be with yourself because I mean it takes you to change yourself so uh, anybody oppose have an opposing view so that was yeah there were no's um, it's not really a yes or no mine is kind of a maybe because as she said there are different types however if there is a chemical imbalance that's where I say no. But if it's more of a, a of a more emotional thing, 
then maybe with some help, you know, if you're experiencing like shock, let's say, and like someone just died or a pet or a person, that is normal. symptoms of depression, that's where you get help, obviously. Um, but if there's, as I said, some form of chemical imbalance, you should get medication for it, or at least go to a psychiatrist for it. Um, if it's not really a chemical imbalance, but more of an emotional or stress thing, then good old therapy never killed anyone. Okay, go ahead. For me, it's a maybe, and like, they both made good points, like if it's an emotional thing, then you could probably try to like negate it, but if it's a chemical imbalance. But for me, it's also like, there's a point where you can't really tell like whether it's a chemical imbalance or if it's just an emotional thing. Because like, I've had moments where I was all like, oh, it's just my thought process, and I changed my thought process. And then it still comes. Like, like what I told you, like sometimes I would just like stand there or sit there, and I'll just feel completely unloved. And it's the stupidest thing, because I'm like, I know there are people out there who care about me. Like, I remember one time I literally came from, like, a whole family reunion. Everybody was happy to see me. And then I go in my room, and I just start, like, tears. And I'm like, what is going on? And I remember, like, I've, I've explained it to her before because she's witnessed it. Like, I was all like, because she was like, you know there are people that love you. And I was like, I know, but it feels like there isn't. And obviously, when you feel something... Like, you can know that this isn't real, but the feeling makes it feel real. And then the thoughts kind of come from the feelings. Like, the tears can come first, and then the thoughts come afterwards. And I can't tell whether it's, like, a chemical imbalance or whether it's actual. And there's also, like, I believe, like, patterns of thought. Because if, obviously, if you've been having this feeling since childhood, and your main way of coping with it is to have a specific thought process, that becomes close to like a very difficult habit to break because that becomes your very first impulse to the point where you don't even have to think about it like it's just unconscious like i remember like one of my thought habits is just honestly like suicide like whenever it's like oh a problem is too big suicide is always an option in the back door it's constantly like that with me and i hate it but it's just how i am like i've been in situations where there was danger around the corner and I literally left my house or I left the safe place and ran towards the danger in the hopes that I would die in the crossfire or something. And afterwards, I've been shook because I was like, it was almost like my body moved before I could even think about it. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me and stuff. And I, I can't explain it. That's just kind of how I am. So I don't, I don't know, bro. It's like somewhere in the middle between that. But people do help, though. Yeah, no, I wasn't asking that to say. I know, of course, people help, but sometimes I be feeling like the small things that we let, you know, get us there is like sometimes it's things where you can really like just talk to yourself, ask yourself, why I'm feeling this way, or you know what I'm saying, what happened for me to get this way. And you like just how you explain all that. Yeah. Sometimes we know ourselves better than anybody else. We can talk to ourselves. We can figure things out on our own and say, okay, this is what it is. This is why I feel this way, or maybe this will help me feel better. And then after that, after you get to that point, if those things that you're doing with yourself don't work, of course, go get help. But sometimes I feel like as soon as something is like, we feel like we can't help ourselves. Oh, I got to go. Here, I got to, you know, like sometimes I feel like you have to sometimes dig deep within yourself because at sometimes there's not going to be anybody there for you. That's definitely You know what I mean? So that's why I mean, of course, like I said, when we was younger, well, me, I'm going to speak for me. That's what me, my friend, that's what we had to do, like. Because, you know, if I'm going through something like that, I'm going to be embarrassed to tell my friend, like, yo, I'm feeling this way. 
So I got to figure it out. I got to say, okay, why I'm feeling this way? What what can I do to get myself out of this? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it don't work, and then when it doesn't work, of course you have to, you guys get bite the bullet. Hey, I'm feeling this way. You got to talk to your parents or somebody. But sometimes I feel like, you know, especially y'all at y'all age with, you know, all this stuff, like the social media and stuff like that, like, it just feel like everything is on top of y'all sometimes, like everything. Like, sometimes y'all can't have a moment to think for yourself. Yeah, you need time for it. Like soul searching. Like you, you need to go. Sometimes, that, and that's what I'm trying to, that's why I ask. Yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of like get away from the world. You need to you know go what I'm saying? Your In your own, you can, be, you can be right here, but you have to kind of get away and talk to yourself and get yourself out of certain things sometimes. And I always like, feel like, oh, it's over. I can't, I can't shake this thought. I can't shake this feeling. Sometimes you can. You just have to give yourself that extra couple seconds to... That it's called being honest with yourself yeah. Yeah. and talking about what's going on on the inside. We got one more hand on this topic, then we're going to move on. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to try jumping off, but then I kind of can't. Um, but um, like for me, like personally, it's t- everything's confusing. <laughs> like at one point, like I think this, like I currently know, like, the stupid little motif is, like, um, people have, um, like, puddles where they see their souls or like, who they are, and sure, like, many times for some, like, a decent amount of people, it gets rainy, you can't really see the bottom, but mine's just been muddy all the time. Or maybe it's just been a rock, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, that, that's basically, like, my mindset, because... Okay, and the, the other thing to keep in mind, y'all, y'all teens, your brain is still developing. You could have thought all this one way all your life, but once you mature, once your brain fully develops, and, and your experience, your life experiences will shape your views and, your, and the way you think. I was, we, obviously, we, we don't always, we're not the same. We're not the same person. I am, I'm. Pretty sure I'm not the same person as when I was in high school. You know what I mean? Um, and those are shaped by my experiences, my interactions with people. I went away to the army. I lost loved ones. Uh, you know what I mean? All these experiences make in, make you to who you are. You know? Um, so don't feel so pressured into who am I right now. And who you know what I mean? I like, there's a lot of pressure on y'all. There's too much pressure on you to be trying to figure out your life and all of this stuff when your brain is not fully developed to even make these decisions. And and hormones are in the way. There's a lot of factors that don't let you think yeah. rationally all the time. So if you are like, maybe we don't have the check engine light, but if you do check all these things that we've said, like you know, your sleeping patterns, your eating patterns, your mood swings if you have yeah, checked more yeah feel it like feeling like sometimes you don't even care about your your looks not caring to shower if you've checked if some you certain things like that suicide. maybe you should definitely seek a therapist yeah. talk to a doctor and those are your engine like coming on saying hello you need to um check the hood and, and, let me tell you some of my experience this weekend with a little years old. I had never been around him. He spent the night and her eight-year-old sister. He wanted to 
to play with the girls and the girls didn't want him to play with them. So I was keeping him company. Okay, from the way he act, I knew it's something that's going on inside. And he, you should see him, he's a handsome little something. All of a sudden, they told him no. He hit Christasia and Christasia popped him. From then on, that little boy had, we used to call it a tantrum. But this little boy screamed and hollered and went to throwing things in my house. I grabbed him. I said, hold up. Sit down. I sat him down. I said, you stay right there. He screamed and he kicked and he hollered right there in that one, one area I put him in. I hadn't seen that in so long. That tripped me out. I hadn't seen that in so long. And the way... Me and Lois reacted to it was that his father needs to get him some help. But it's not to us. His father from Nicaragua. He don't believe he don't believe in help with his kids. He does all the medical stuff and all that. So but I just pray one day that he can get some help. And 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 the good thing is and, and I'm glad you shared that. The good thing is is that they're starting to identify. So, last topic on our list for today was we didn't we didn't have Google. So, oh wait wait wait, wait I want to hear. Like there's people that Well, this question is the question is saying since we have access to internet, Google, and all of that, why do we have to go to school? When I have when I have access to the information, and I don't have to wait to hear it from a teacher. I know, just like my teacher special, but like I feel like if I am like at home by myself, like doing my homework, like learning, I will go distracted, and uh, yeah. I need like interact with people. Ah. So, Okay, so you're so so you're saying that 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 interaction, that face to face contact, is what helps you learn better, right? For you, that's what you're saying. Because you, you're saying learning on your own, there's distractions and blah blah blah, right? So having an instructor in front of you helps you focus a little bit more. There were so we're going here and then over here. <laughs> Go. So the thing is with Google, and uh, I, my, my AP teacher told, like, drilled this into our heads at the beginning of the year. Do not trust the first thing you see. <laughs> better yet, the first three pages. Don't trust them. You better go knee deep in that research. Because the thing is, the first page is not the most credible. It has the most clicks. And that is the algorithm that Google runs under. You know, whichever one gets the most money corporation, that's what get, puts on the first page. So what I like to do for learning something myself, I like to go to Google Scholar. It'll help filter out the less credible sources, or I just go to .gov, .org, .edu. Alright, so, so you're saying you have to filter through the bad stuff or the not-so-true stuff to get more relevant, accurate content and, and information. Are to use a .com or .net, see what sources they use. Where did they get that information? 
Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as the saying goes, research the researcher. Nice. You. I have a question. Go. Uh, can you ask the question? Can I ask the question again? Yeah, what was the question? Uh, the question is, uh, why do we have to go to school when we have Google? Does that, like, connect with um, online school? Or, like, like virtual school? Like, virtual no. school. Uh, Does that connect with the school? concept of school is, is, Completely is gone because we can teach ourselves with the internet, basically. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, it was like, uh, I think what she said was a really good point because most of the systems of quote-unquote research the algorithm is more so focused on making money instead of actually teaching you something. So that's a good point. Because I could create the most complex sounding crap and then pay to like make sure that people see it. And that's how like we live in an era of kind of quote-unquote fake news sometimes where things can spread. But um, for me, in terms of school, it's kind of like apart from education, actually. Because I think education is important, and you can educate yourself on the internet. But I think for me, it's more so like the social experience. Like, you know, everybody needs to go through their high school days, their high school experiences, because yeah. even though learning may not be completely there, the experiences you make, like the social situations, the awkward situations, the things you don't like, the moments you do like, the people you make, the friendships you make, relationships, how you deal with them, it like develops you as a person. Like, you know how they say you kind of start to find yourself while you're in high school and stuff yeah. to some extent. So like, I think that the social aspect is very important as well, because it deals with how you deal with other people and stuff in life. So my idea of school is very different from the average person because I've been homeschooled this whole time, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there was this other girl that we knew who is miles ahead of her grade. She's 11. I think she's in like the 10th grade or something insane. Oh, and wow. what she used to come with us whenever we went out to different educational, um, like, just field trips, I want to say. But um, she, the 11-year-old who's in 10th grade, would be hanging around the 8-year-olds and the 7-year-olds because she socially wasn't where we were at 11. So I, that, that's why I agree with what you're saying, because socially, um, it, education, sure, you learn stuff, okay. But <laughs> socially, you being able to interact with people that are around your age, finding people with like minds, finding people with complete opposite <laughs> minds, um, that's a huge part of school. So when I think school, I don't really think it's just sad. I don't think learning. I think, oh, your friends. I think dances. I think going, skipping class. Like, that's just It's you cultivating like your identity. Exactly. So school is very important. I mean, I'm not saying that we couldn't do that without school, but it would still be very different then. Because what really, what we don't know is, how do we know that this is not how an 11-year-old would act without school? Yes. So... That was amazing, bro, the way you just explained that. Yeah, that was so, all, yeah. Cultivating very identity is very, very important, and school massively contributes to that, the whole social aspect and stuff. Like... And it's best also to find your identity around that time because if you get way older and you have a job and a marriage and then you're trying to find your identity, it gets way more messy since you have all these responsibilities to handle and stuff. It's better to find it kind of around this time and stuff. So it sounds like y'all saying y'all want to learn on your own at, at Google at home and then go out to school for social experience. Ba 
Like, that's what we do anyway. Yeah, that's what we do anyway. I kind of did that. I had an opportunity to skip like three or four grades at like a key age, like 12. And they put me up there for like about one whole day before they decided I was too emotionally immature. <laughs> and they just sent me right back. And that kind of, it was... A it was a good thing and a bad thing. I kind of resented them because I really wanted to keep learning, but at the same time, had I ended up in college at the age of like 14, that's, Ooh, that would have not been necessarily great. It, I know I would not be the person that I am today because I wouldn't have had that chance to. Like, but you know, if more people were homeschooled, there would be more 14-year-olds in college with you. Unfortunately, it sucks being... Oh my God! People are always you're like, "You're not ready oh. for college in no 14 years." People are always 14. like, "Oh my God, no you're 15 in 11th grade. That is so amazing. Yeah. That is so good for you. Why are you lying?" To what are you me? talking about? Because, no. like, okay, think. Imagine being 14 and <laughs> deciding your major and what you're gonna do in life. That's that's crazy. pressure. It's it's. I don't know. Maybe it's from an outside perspective, but for me, a person who has dealt with this exact thing, it's horrible. The We're talking of, about the tippity top elite. Uh, IQ levels. Why do we make be, them be, sit be, in school be, for? Crazy. Why would I make them be, sit in school for four extra years when they could have already been we, in college? We're not That's asking true. about your, your yeah. brain still not being fully developed yeah. just because they're very smart. Does not mean their brain is developed to make certain exactly. decisions. Be, 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 I'm not, not talking about sending them off to the dorm by themselves. No, no, no. no but, but you could be completely right. socially awkward. You could choose to major right. in something completely stupid. Right. Like, it, it's better. 20-year-olds do that. That's what I'm saying. There are people who are, like, 21. Like, oh, my cousin, he was telling me because he was like, bro, you got to decide what you're going to do. Because he was like, yo, he has friends who are, like, 24, went four years in college. And they literally wasted all those four years and chose a new major. And I'm just like, don't send a 14-year-old. Like, no. Like, they're going to make dumb decisions, basically. Even, you can be very smart, but still be, make dumb decisions. That's intelligence. Yeah, yeah. You can be... You can be I've, it's, I've seen yeah. it multiple times with multiple different people where they're so young and in a higher grade, and their, their brain okay. just isn't compatible with look, look, the level that they're on. You know how they say wisdom comes with age? Let's say wisdom is your ability to make smart choices, and let's say intelligence is your ability to know stuff. Somebody can be very intelligent, but lack any type of wisdom because of your age. Yeah. Okay, then. So, like, <laughs> and, that's and, what, and you can also be 60 years old with no wisdom. Sure. I mean, but true. Then why but why push I, it? If that, if yeah, that yeah. can happen, then why I, push I, it? Yeah. But if you're 60 year old with no wisdom, that means you was 14 year old with no wisdom. That's so. true. <laughs> That's true. Age does not correlate wisdom. No, but I'm saying if you'd have corrected it at 14, you wouldn't be 60 with no wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm telling you. Instead of, <laughs> instead, of college, instead of like, okay, you're 14, you're, you're smart enough to go to school, to go to college and be with people that's 21, 22, instead of building them up, they're building yeah. their wisdom instead of so worried about the intellect, then yeah. they won't be 60 with no wisdom. Maturity yeah. is a huge thing. Like, if you're... 11 years old, you're not supposed to know the things about sex that a 40-year-old does. Mm -hmm. Alright, so, <laughs> yo. Well, like, there's certain stuff that you just cannot, like, obtain without, like, a certain level of age or something. That's why you need or to maturity. Let, them, so, yeah, you need to let them mature. I feel like we might have the part two on this one because <laughs> we're running out of time for this segment right here, but, yo, this was a very healthy discussion. We kept it going. We talked about a few different things. I mean, hopefully our discussions do what they're supposed to do and help 
other people um, when they hear it. So let's wrap that up right there. Ah, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. On this scale of one.